Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Esports Bank Network, and we've got a tremendous hour for you as if you miss him in hour number two, have no fear because he's back for blood as we're going to be joined by Colby Danton in about 15 minutes as we take a look at all that we're getting with these conference tournaments, how he's been playing them, and so much more because it is very much a rambunctious Simon College basketball this final hour is really just going to be a college basketball hour. We're going to call it what it is. We've got a lot going on in sports, and we made sure to serve some markets. We hit some XFL. We hit some NBA. We hit some UFC. So we did that part really hard to take a look at NBA overnight with all the guys that are injured. So spent a little bit of time there, but not a ton. And with the NHL, I just I don't have much in the NHL. I'll be quite honest with you. Hopefully, once baseball season gets started, we're going to be having a lot of that. Is That's just a few weeks away, by the way, and the World Baseball Classic has been very interesting, by the way. I had no idea Yolanda Cespedes was still playing baseball, so that was a lot of fun. But that said, you know, it's even more fun. Cash the tickets when it comes to college basketball. How about if we dive into the Big East tournament as we've got some bangers that are going to be going down. Talked a little bit about UConn versus Marquette earlier on, but this one, this is pretty fresh on the board as Xavier and Creighton, they were able to get the job done on Thursday. So they advance a Friday out there at MSG with Xavier being a three and a half point underdog. This is 847, 848 on the betting board. And this total, it is 155 and a half. And I do think that it's a very interesting ordeal because I set Creighton as a two point favorite. 
You're at three and a half. I'm going to be willing to take the points with Xavier. And I do think that this is a little bit too high of a total. Now, with Xavier, certainly did not show the world's greatest defense against DePaul. But this is a Creighton team that is relatively mid-tempo. And their defensive metrics are a little bit warped in the fact that a lot of them involve Ryan Kalkbrenner when he was out of the fold for this Creighton team. And I do think that that is very important to take note of. But I feel like this could be a Xavier team that they got their scare and they're going to be able to kick it into a little bit more high gear. And I do think that this is a tough matchup for a Creighton team that they certainly have the better size down low. Even the really one guy that they bring off the bench in Frederick King, he's able to provide that. But Jack Nunji, he's got really good versatility, has been able to supply Xavier with Ryan the neighbor at about 14 points, seven and a half rebounds per game. He turned out to be a big difference maker in that game against DePaul. And then when it comes to Xavier, you've got Sule Boom along with Kobe Jones. These two guys are able to combine for about 29 points per game. They both shoot 40 plus percent from three point range. They both generate a little bit over a seal per contest. They do a good job of being able to dole out the ball. That is very important. And really, both of these teams do have some similarities. Xavier is a little bit more of the up-tempo team, but neither of these teams really have a lot of depth. And I think that that's a big thing in this affair with having Ryan Nemard out there as well. He's been able to do a good job of keeping it efficient for Creighton. And that really has been a big difference maker for them this year. Creighton last year just was unable to take care of the ball. They were one of the worst teams in terms of turnovers per possession. They've really done a significantly better job this year. So that has led to Creighton being able to ascend a little bit. I do think that Xavier could be held down just a little bit more in this spot. As I mean, for Xavier, it was a relatively harebrained game that we saw out of them on Thursday. And I can say the same thing about this Creighton team as well. Creighton played a 87-74 game against the Villanova team that really doesn't get up and down, but I do think the things are going to be a little bit more bottled up in this spot. I do think that Nunji, along with Ryan Kalkbrenner, match up quite well with one another. You also do have a guy that's able to do a nice job hauling in there right around eight rebounds. He's able to shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range as well, and that'd be Baylor Shireman, one of the biggest transfer portal additions that we saw in the offseason. Last time these two teams matched up, Creighton was able to get the job done 84-67. to That was a game where Xavier was really just trying to make adjustments all throughout the game. They were sort of out of sorts. Creighton was able to slow them down. I do think the Creighton is good to be able to do a good job of dictating tempo a little bit more in this game, but I also do think that Xavier, much like the first time around, is going to be able to win the re- or it's going to be able to win the turnover battle as well. I think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job with Jerome Hunter, who doesn't have the same versatility as Zachary Mantle, but is able to do a good job of hitting the glass. So a circumstance where I did something total 150 last time these two teams met up. They got to 151 points in a true home court environment where they weren't playing back-to-back. So going to be taking a look at the under in this spot. And with Xavier, made them a two-point underdog, so going to be willing to take three and a half. We have been serving a lot of the major conferences thus far. We have yet to hit upon the ACC, though, and I do find this one to be fascinating as we go 849-850 on the betting board. Miami is going to be playing against Duke. Duke opens up a one-point favorite. They are now between a two-and-a-half to a three-point favorite with a total between 145 and 146. And with Duke, I feel like they deserve to be the underdog in this spot. I don't think that this is a good matchup for them. I am going to be willing to take Miami outright on the money line. It's a hurricane squad that has not been good with their defense. I think that that goes without saying, but you know what? They've got a whole bunch of offense and the two times that they played during the regular season, 
Miami lost by two at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and they completely blasted them when Duke went to Miami. So this has been a squad that has been able to match up really well. No Chad O'Meara was able to give you right around a double-double, 14 points, 10 rebounds, doing a nice job down low against Kyle Filipowski. He had a nice double-double in Duke's quarterfinal win on Thursday. You've got Derek Lively, who he lives up to his aim. He's been lively down low. He's been able to give you five rebounds, multiple blocks per contest. So he's done a nice job on that front. And what I think is interesting about Miami, their defense has actually been significantly better when they've been away from home. Going into the ACC quarterfinals that we saw on Thursday, Miami giving up 3.9 points fewer per one of our possessions away from home than they are at home. Meanwhile, you've got a Duke squad that is 49th of the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, which sadly for the ACC is really good. I mean, man, it has been a rough state of affairs for ACC defense, but for Duke, you really don't have a lot of three-point shooting. I like the way that Drake Whitehead has been able to come on. He's been able to shoot about 41% from three-point range. He's able to supply you with eight points per game. I was really expecting more out of Jacob Granderson. He had two years of success. Over at Illinois, began his career in the Patriot League, and he just has not been able to give this team much of anything. Jeremy Roach has been a relatively okay piece for this team as well, but not like he's necessarily getting a whole bunch of offense booted up either. So you're really going to be needing to rely upon Derek Whitehead, who I will say, ever since the turn of the calendar to 2023, has been shooting about 48% from three, but only about 8.3 points per game. I think that they need to get him a little bit more involved when you're going up against dynamic guards like Miami has, as you've got Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller is able to combine for right around 31 points per game. Both of these guys shooting the high 30s from three-point. Joe Pack has been dealing with an injury, but he shoots 40% from three. That really takes a lot out of you with Miami being able to match up down low and having Wuga Poplar, very interesting name. He's been able to do a nice job of being able to drain some threes. It does give Miami, in my opinion, the leg up. Now, the one trepidation that you have is that this is played in Greensboro, North Carolina. UNC and Duke always have a nice little home court advantage when it comes to the ACC tournament. I don't think that this Miami team, coached up by a veteran of the game in Jim Laranag and having an older team, is going to be phased by it. I like Miami outright on the money line, and I do think that this is going to be a slowdown game. It's not like Miami has been really pushing tempo. They're a mid-tempo team. Duke in the bottom 100 in terms of total possessions per game as well as some. A circumstance where I'm going to be taking a look at that money line on Duke. Somebody tell 143 as well, so going to be taking a look at the under. How about if we end up on the other ACC game of 851-852? Clemson and Virginia do battle. Virginia is a 3.5 point favorite, and your total on this game, it is 128.5. Clemson was able to just completely mop the floor with NC State. This is a Clemson team, though, that I think that they're going to have some difficulties in this one. I did set Virginia as a five-point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay it now. Ben Vanderplas being out of the fold, that does hurt this Virginia team quite a bit, but even with Vanderplas out of the fold, I do think that this Virginia team should be able to do a relatively solid job on the glass. They will get a double-double out of Jaden Gardner in their game against North Carolina, and you've got a Virginia team that they just do a really good job of being able to take care of the ball. Really, both of these teams do. Clemson only about 11 turnovers a game. Virginia, fewer than 10. Reese Beekman, Kia Clark, they give out a combined 11 assists per game. It's a Virginia squad that shoots it as a collective about 38 or so percent from three-point range. And for Clemson, just a lackadaisical defense. They rank right around 86th in the country. Turns points a lot on a per-possession basis away from home. It certainly has been taking a little bit of a drop-off as they've been giving up right around 8.5 points more 
per one our possessions when they leave home. And then when it comes to Virginia as well, you've been able to have Armand Franklin be able to come through for about 12 and a half points per game. Now, the uh, duel of Hunter Tyson coupled with P.J. Hall, that is going to be a little bit of a rough matchup for Virginia as both of these guys have good size. They're both giving you right around 14 and a half or so points per game. Hall and Tyson combined to shoot in that neighborhood about 40% from three-point range, and it is a Clemson team that they don't beat themselves. They don't turn the ball over a lot. They are in the top 10 nationally in terms of free-throw shooting percentage, but it's a Clemson team that has really been up, down, and all around. We have seen them lose games to the likes of Loyola Chicago and South Carolina. So that's a little bit less than savory. And the last time these two teams matched up, Virginia on their home floor, they were able to get the job done in that one by a count of 64 to 57, despite the fact that they weren't necessarily on point with their three-point shooting. They shot just four of 19 from three-point range, but they were able to win the rebound battle in that one. And I do think the big question is, what are you going to be able to get without Ben Vanderplas down low? You're going to be relying a lot more, in my opinion, on Isaac McNeely, who last time these two teams played, he had 12 points in that one. He had six points in the game against North Carolina. And I do think that Virginia, without Ben Vanderplas, they are going to be just fine. Caden Shatterick, five blocks in 19 minutes. I think that he's going to be the best true low post presence in this game. That'll allow Virginia to be able to get the job done. I did set them as a five-point favorite. I think they're going to be a little bit more warm with their scoring than they were at the beginning of their game against North Carolina. Did some I total 129. So 128.5 or less, I'm going to be looking at the over. And something else we're going to be looking at, more college basketball. Kobe Dan, he does a great job with the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're breaking down the Friday games with him next. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my game. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get everything that you need to bet the madness this year for just $19. Whether you are filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every single game and every round of the tournament. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets, tools like our exclusive betting splits, plus our big dance bracket and betting guides. These guides feature in-depth breakdowns of all 68 teams, Cinderella selections, bracket predictions, and picks on every single tournament game from VEASAN experts like Brent Musburger and some guy named Greg Oops Peterson. Sign up today and get betting guides plus full access to VEASAN all the way through the end of the tournament for just $19, and you get that at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, and always great to be joined by this man as... We've got aboard Kobe Dant. He does terrific work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Kobe, it is great to have you back. Long time no talk, my friend. Thank you. Oh, you're certainly welcome. And yeah, long time no talk. Excited for March. Been watching basketball. I feel like, uh, you know, the past five days, almost almost uh, 24 hours a day, I feel like. Yes, and it is so glorious because even as we do this show, I mean, the last games of the night as we do this live just wrapped up 2 a.m. Pacific, 11 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. It started at 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern. There is no more glorious time. I think that all sports should be like baseball where you've got like matinee games and they go on through the night. College basketball for a few weeks a year is much like this as well. And it is the best time of year. And with everything that is going on right now, what it does cause for is a little bit more handicapping on the fly because with this format, with regards to conference tournaments, it's win, you play the next day, lose, you go home. So aside from rare exceptions like the Atlantic 10 is going to be having a day off on Friday, these teams that they won on Thursday have to play again on Friday. So you're not going to be getting numbers until for a lot of people, the early AM slash the very late night. How do you go about this? Because I do think that there are some difficulties when it comes to just putting together a number on the fly after just those two teams playing a few hours earlier. I mean, I think it can be harder, but it can also be easier. I think there's more opportunity for live dogs uh, as we've seen with some, with some teams uh, success. So, uh, and also the revenge spot, you know, I think there's a game tomorrow that I, I, I know uh, I think it's the first game to tip tomorrow that I'm, I'm eager to see. 
uh, a revenge spot because we only saw them play once in the regular season, and that that's Rutgers Purdue. But situations like that where I think you can you can gain an edge. I do think that you can gain quite a bit of an edge as well. And Kobe, I do think that these games are going to be very interesting. And just before I roll out a few games for you, was there one or two that really caught your eye that you thought, man, this is going to be a banger for Friday, whether it's one that you just want to watch or one that you've already fired a bet on? I mean, I fired a couple bets on, uh, so, I mean, uh, I'll start off with, I, I'm, I think Purdue gets revenge on Rutgers tomorrow. I think Rutgers great win today, gutty win today, uh, you know, down and then you battle back and get the win. But I do think, uh, you know, they've had injuries and Rutgers hasn't been the same team since those injuries, despite the win we saw today. I think Purdue gets revenge. I think Purdue circles this one and says, Hey, this is the team that got the best of us. Let's get revenge. I like laying the number with the Boilermakers. I am so glad to hear you mention that because that was my DK nation pick. I like Purdue. Laying five and a half. This is going up to six, six and a half as we do this. Even with that, and heck, I'm going to lay up to eight and a half in this circumstance. So I am right there with you. We are both in lockstep on that one. And I find this one to be a very fascinating one as well because I know that you mentioned a Big Ten revenge spot. This is another one of those Northwestern and Penn State. This is a pick'em game. Keep in mind, this is being played in Chicago, Illinois. Northwestern, not too far away from there. And total on this game is anywhere between 130 and a half and 131. How do you view this game? Because Penn State, they went to Northwestern a little bit over a week ago. They won in overtime on a three-pointer very, very late. Felt like, in my opinion, Northwestern played the better game, but they didn't get the shots to fall. I think that this is a very good revenge spot. I agree with you. And, you know, I know traditionally you say Northwestern's Evanston, you know, they don't have fans, but no, I do think they showed up when they're good. They're good this year. And I do expect this to be a Northwestern crowd. Now, having said that, I guess you could say it was an Illinois crowd today and Penn state looked good. Got the win. Sure. I'm with you though. I think revenge spot. I didn't think Penn state deserved to win that last game. I thought Northwestern was the better team. I think they'll be use that as motivation and uh, and get the win against Penn State. But it looks like Penn State's already kind of solidified their spot in the NCAA tournament, right? Especially with everyone else in the Big Ten that needed a win just peeing down their leg the last 48 hours. I'm looking at you, Wisconsin. I'm looking at you, Michigan. I sort of think that Rutgers needs another win, but I mean, with all the other flies falling around them, I'm looking at you as well, Nevada. They might be safe as well. So I do think that Penn State, they deserve to be in because I don't want to hear this garbage of, oh, we don't have any bad losses or anything like that. Win stinking games. And Penn State has actually done that, unlike some of these other teams. So I'm willing to give them a little bit of credit. This team is not going to be making the NCAA tournament unless they go out and run Ohio State. But they've won a couple games here recently. They're going to be playing against Michigan State. A team has gotten them twice. This line is anywhere between three and a half and four. And I think Ohio State is better than what their record is. This number still does feel a little bit short. And now this is going to be game number three in three days for Ohio State. Granted, it's probably more like a game and a half because of the way that Wisconsin plays so stinking slow. So that took a little bit less out of the legs of most games. But how do you view this one? Just because I do think for Ohio State, Certainly, they're not as bad as typically your normal 18-loss team, but I can't back them on this short of a number. 
I'm going to ride with them. I'm going to ride with the momentum of, of what uh, is going on, you know, in Columbus or what Chris Holtman's got going. They did have so many close losses early where I feel like they were a better team than what their record was. Uh, and that we just saw them play in East Lansing not long ago. And, you know, I know Michigan state got the win, but it was a close game down the stretch. I look for Ohio state to correct those mistakes. It's not in East Lansing. So it's not as a hard of an environment for them. Give me the Buckeyes plus the points. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they won on the money line here. They have the motivation they're playing for. Not only are they playing for the NCAA tournament, they might be playing for their coach's job. So g- give me uh give me Ohio state to get it done against Michigan state here. I do think that this is going to be a fun one. Michigan state has been canning a lot of threes. So if they go a little bit cold, that could leave them susceptible. This is one that I don't think that you were expecting me to ask Kobe. Are you a fan of Taylor Swift? Uh, <laughs> you were not expecting that. I, now were you expecting that one? Um, I, I, I gotta be honest. I'm not too familiar with her work. Well, she's got a very good song and the main lyrics in that are, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. And that is the line for East Carolina versus Houston. Houston is a 22 point favorite Toronto's game is any between 133 and a half and 134. So are you feeling like laying 22 taking 22 or are you not feeling 22 at all? You just want no part of this. Well, uh, Greg, I I'm an ECU guy. So that, that I gotta take my guys. All right. I gotta take my guys. I understand that we haven't played well against Houston, but I believe Mike Schwartz has changed the culture in Greenville. I had them today on the money line to beat South Florida. They got that done. It's 22 points. Let's ride with my pirates. Let's ride. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, you know, probably a, uh, I don't know, probably 18, 17, something like that. Uh, maybe I'm optimistic. Maybe, maybe we can uh, hang in there with them. I, I give me the 22. I can't, I got friends. I can't, I can't go against my pirates. Well, now I know about you and I'm feeling 22 as well. I'm going to be taking the points with you and you bring up Greenville. Actually, the home city that I grew up in as a child, Greenville, Wisconsin. So, you know what? I've got to ride with them as well. We are both in on the 22 points with East Carolina. I absolutely love it. I set my handicap personally at 20. So, anything above 20 was a take for me. This one, I think, is fascinating as well. Arkansas, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, a one-point favorite and a total of 137.5. Arkansas, I think it's fair to say they have underachieved thus far this year. I think it's also fair to say in SEC play, Texas A&M has been a little bit of an overachiever. I do think that the athleticism itself is a little bit better with Arkansas. I'm willing to take them with Nick Smith now in the fold. Not sure where you stand, but I feel like Arkansas should be the slight favorite in the spot. I I agree. Uh, you know, Arkansas has been injured a lot too. And Eric Musselman teams, I think you can go back to his time at Nevada where I feel like as the season goes along, they get better. Now you could also probably say the same about buzz Williams. You look at last year, uh, but we just saw this game in college station. I think a couple of weeks back and Texas A&M came storming back. Uh, Arkansas was up to a big lead and, and A&M got the win and that that crowd was packed. They're not going to have that crowd here in Nashville. I think Arkansas is actually on a neutral site a bad matchup for them. So give me Arkansas to win this one uh, and Eric Musselman to continue on the journey. I love it. I can't guarantee any Taylor Swift lyrics in the next segment, but I can guarantee that myself and Kobe Dant 
are going to be previewing some college basketball for Friday next, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so that way you're able to see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well as betting splits are here year-round to make you a smarter better. So check out today's betting splits for every single game now at vcin.com. As we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vcin, the Sports Betting Network. You're being joined by two betters that are feeling 22 in myself and Kobe Dant, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I can't find any other ways to get Taylor Swift lyrics into this segment, so I apologize about that. But what I don't apologize about is Taking a look at all these games, and I think that this one is of intrigue. UConn versus Marquette. UConn, towards the beginning part of the season, in January, they were looking like one of the best teams in all of college basketball. Completely fell off the map in January. Feels like they're building themselves back up, and they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Love the way that they looked early on against Providence. Took their foot off the gas a little bit late, but that said, still like what I'm seeing out of this UConn team, and I flat out think this is a bad matchup for Marquette. I'm going to be willing to lay the three and a half with the UConn. What are you saying with this game? Oh, I like it too. And I think it's a bad matchup. This is, a, I mean, a pro UConn crowd. I felt that even today in the Providence game where, and, and Marquette obviously further away than Providence. I, I think this is going to be all, all UConn fans there in, in the garden there. Uh, and they've been playing better. And I think, you know, Marquette, it, what a great story this year, but I think it stops here. Uh, for at least the Big Ten tournament here, I think UConn just the better team. They match up well with them athletically. I think that's been somewhat of an advantage of Shaka Smart's team this year. And I think UConn can can cause problems shutting down, uh, you know, defensively what UConn does. What are they? I think they're I think they're charting at top thirty defense. Uh, and how about their offensive rating? Seventh in the nation right now. I think UConn's just a flat out better team and love the home edge there and the momentum. And you point out something very interesting because all these games on Friday are technically going to be played on neutral courts, but how much do you weight in the amount of travel that there is for a team? Like the ACC tournament is being played out there in Greensboro, no doubt about it. That bodes a little bit better for a team like Duke rather than Miami because I do think that it needs to be weighted in. Certainly not like a full three points of home court advantage or anything like that, but it is certainly something that I factor in, especially with a school like Kansas. Oh, 100%. I mean, I even thought North Texas, uh, you know, in the CUSA playing not far from Denton. Uh, yeah, Kansas, I, I, I think definitely benefits from that every year. The Big 12 does them a solid, I feel like. Um, and, and yeah, I think you should be factoring that in. Unless it's, you know, a, one, a fan base that you know, maybe they don't turn out like Miami fans. No disrespect, Hurricane fans, <laughs> but you're not normally known to, to travel, let alone show up to your own home game. So I do think that's an advantage for Duke. And, and all those teams we speak of, UConn, uh, you know, UAB, I'm sorry, not UAB, uh, North Texas and uh, and and uh, the other schools that, I mean, even Car- Carolina lost today. So I guess there are some outliers, but yeah, I do think that matters though. 
Yeah, being at base out here in lovely Las Vegas, UNLV didn't really have too much of a crowd for themselves as well. So that wasn't too great. But with that said, what is terrific is take a look at this one out there in Nashville, Tennessee, Mississippi State and Alabama. Total is going up. Opened up at 136. Now we're seeing it anywhere between 136 half and 137 half with Alabama being a seven-point favorite. I feel like what has happened with the Brandon Miller situation has really manifested itself on the court. And on top of that, last time these two teams played, it was a three-point game. Mississippi State got the slow, grimy slog of a style that they're looking for. Mississippi State can't throw the ball in from anywhere whatsoever with their shooting, but they do a good job of being able to hit the glass. I think Mississippi State is going to be able to hold in there, and I think that this is a little bit of a correlated one where if you like the over, you probably like Alabama. If you like the under, you probably like Mississippi State. Certainly, uh, I lean under, and and uh, yeah, you're right because I'm all over Mississippi State here. I think they have the formula, and and this is why really I've kind of been fading Alabama with Nate Oates. Um, I do believe when you get the tournament time, whether it's the NCAA tournament or, or the SEC tournament, you know, if you play a really good defensive team, I don't know that their offensive philosophy really works. They take a lot of low percentage shots. I know they have the Paul Westhead philosophy, run up the court and shoot. They get caught with teams like this that slow it out. Look at Oklahoma. They whooped up on Alabama this year. Like, like you mentioned, Mississippi State only lost by three in Tuscaloosa and held uh, Alabama to just 66 points. Um, Tennessee beat Alabama. Texas A&M. What do they all have in common is they are incredibly slow on offense. They have lockdown defense, and they get Alabama out of their rhythm, and they make them earn every single basket. I love Mississippi State in this spot, despite you know them barely getting by a beat-up Florida team today. I think Chris Jans has got, uh, not only does he have, I think, a little bit of a coaching advantage here, uh, I think he's got the right team to, to really give Alabama fits. I do think so as well. I like the way that Mississippi State has been able to D up shooting, leaving quite a bit of something to be desired, but I think that they can do what they did the first time around, keep this game close, do a good job on the glass. And I know that you mentioned this team just a few minutes ago, the fact that North Texas, they're playing relatively close to their campus. They're going to be taking on UAB and Right now, I'm seeing an opener of North Texas being a one-point favorite and a total of 127. I feel like this is another one that is very correlated. If you like the over, you probably like UAB. If you like the under, I don't see UAB winning some sort of a 62-60 to 60 slog or something like that. How do you view this game? Because I do think that it's one of the most interesting tempo wars that we are going to find. Oh yeah. I mean, from a, from a college basketball fan standpoint, I love the contrast and styles here. You know, you got North Texas, who I, I like to say like is Virginia junior. Um, and then UAB. And once they got jelly Walker healthy, you know, they've been rolling. Um, I kind of lean North Texas because of the home advantage. I think that's really the thing that does it for me, but I don't have a great feel for this game. I think it's going to be another extremely close game. I, I believe the last time they played, I think it went to double overtime and North Texas escape with a three point win. Um, I expect something similar. And and I know, so I lean actually, I think I lean under here, um, hoping that we won't see double overtime, uh, but give me North Texas, but I'm very intrigued to watch this matchup. And I, I, I shouldn't say this, this is probably not one of my favorite plays of the day. Yeah. This one I think is going to be so interesting because you mentioned it last time these two teams played, both teams got to 80, but I believe it was 62 to 62 at the end of regulation. So yeah. 
Always need to be taking a look at that. When you get games that go to overtime, they don't call it undertime. Trust me. I have experienced too many of those. And this one I find to be fascinating as well. Maryland and Indiana is opening up a pick with a total of 138. I recognize that Indiana shouldn't be some big giant demonstrative favorite, but I don't know where this one is coming from. I'm willing to take Indiana as a pick em. I do think that they're the better team in this circumstance. Maryland has actually traveled quite well with their defense, but their offense has not traveled, and Maryland has had a tough time being able to get wins away from home. I like Indiana as a pick em. Oh, yeah, and, and I mean, yes, you made great points with the fact Maryland's been shaky on the road. Another thing is the last time these two teams played, Maryland won, and they stormed the court. So you have the revenge factor going uh, for Indiana. I also think Indiana, obviously, closer to Chicago. They'll probably travel better. And I just feel like Indiana overall, I think Indiana's just the better team. So I'm going to take Indiana. I think uh, revenge will be on the mind of Trace Jackson Davis and company. And uh, I, I think Maryland in general, uh, anytime you get them outside of uh, College Park, I, I'm a skeptic on taking them. So uh, g- give me uh, give me Indiana to get that thing done. I think Indiana's offense uh, will be a little too much for, for the Terrapins. I do agree with you. And this is another one that is standing out to both of us. We've got the Tennessee versus Missouri game. And Tennessee a little bit earlier, I was finding them as more of a favorite in the neighborhood of about seven or so points on a lot of early openers. This has come down where I sit at circa at a five. And I recognize that Tennessee losing Zakai Ziegler, that's big. I'm seeing a lot of sixes across the board. The circa is the outlier with the five. But I know that Tennessee is missing Zakai Ziegler, but this feels like a really good revenge spot. Last time these two teams played, Missouri went 14 of 26 from three-point range, and I'm going to just bank on lightning, not striking twice, and I'm going to be willing to lay it with Tennessee. Oh, I'm with you. I love this spot. I think Tennessee, you know, a, a, these, this game's in Nashville. Uh, Tennessee fans travel in general. Even if this was in Alaska, I feel like they'd be there. But in Nashville, uh, I expect this to be an all-Tennessee crowd. And uh, yeah, the, you, you bring up a good point. DeAndre Golson hits a crazy shot to beat them the first time. It's a revenge game. Um, and, and I think Tennessee has a, a, real, a real shot in this tournament with it being in Nashville. I think they're going to lock down uh, that, that Missouri three-point attack. And like you alluded to, I don't think they'll be able to shoot at that percentage again, especially it's an, a stadium that they're, they're somewhat foreign to. I agree. And I do think that Tennessee is going to lock down with their defense. Kobe, you're locked in with all the action happening in college basketball and the XFL as well. You do a great job over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network with the College Experience along with the XFL Podcast. Always do appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. Appreciate you having me on. Always great to have Kobe Dant of the Sports Gambling Podcast aboard. And coming up here on the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience, I give you guys my DK Nation pick for this College Basketball Friday right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. Bro. <laughs> You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be, as you could win up to $10,000 in bonus money instantly by playing in our exclusive Bet Rivers Squares this basketball season. Place a qualifying bet, and you get a square on the house. And if your numbers on the square match up with the final score of the game, you win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligibility, bonus, and credit use. Full terms and conditions are available at BetRiversSquares.com. It's the final segment of the night for the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. And get a little bit of a weekend, and then we're going seven days apparently next week, which that is going to be a whole big bundle of fun all throughout the NCAA tournament. You're going to be getting the Greg Peterson experience, which is fun, and what you're also going to be getting is some follow the money at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, they do an absolutely amazing job. I know that they're going to be breaking down all that we saw from conference tournaments. On top of that, I know they're taking a look at the NBA market with all that has happening with the fallout of the Kevin Durant injury and so much more. So they've got you guys all locked and loaded there. And friendly reminder, if you miss anything on the show, beeson.com slash podcast for the audio form. 
vcin.com slash picks for all the picks from myself, from all the guests. So we've got you guys covered there, but we've got you guys covered with regards to the DK Nation pick. And if you're looking for anything more with regards to this one, at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter, I do have the link posted up to the article because I do one of these a day. Fortunately, I've only got one of them because, well, there's only 24 hours in a day, so I'm only able to do one right up or else, trust me, I would love to be able to do more. But fortunately, time is a little bit short. But 8.09, 8.10 on the betting board. It is Purdue, and they are going to be taking on Rutgers. This opened up with Purdue being a five-point favorite. This is a line that is starting to move. Mostly seeing six in the market, though. DraftKings has moved now to a six and a half on Purdue being the favorite. Total on this game is 128. When I wrote this up, it was at a five and a half. I still do like it at six and a half. Heck, I like this up to eight, eight and a half. I set my number at nine. I am willing to lay it with Purdue. You're just looking at a corpse of a Rutgers team without Muat Mag. It has been one of the most meaningful injuries in all of college basketball because this is not a made-up set. Over the last 10 games for Rutgers, they've scored 62 points or fewer in eight of them. I mean, my goodness. You could get like, you could get five high schoolers out there to put up 62 points at some point. It's been absolutely ridiculous what we've been seeing out of this Rutgers offense. Now, the defense has been on point for Rutgers. A Rutgers overall. Fourth in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and that was before their shellacking of Michigan. With that said, this Rutgers defense has not traveled well. In games away from home, and this is prior to the Michigan game, so this is going to be a little bit better when those numbers are taken into account, those refresh daily, but they are allowing 21.7 points more per one hour possessions. One away from them, then at the rack. I think they're they're calling it Jersey Mike's Arena now. It's still known as a rack. Let's call it what it is. But I do think that that's a big deal in the circumstance. Going up against giant of the earth, Zach Eady, who's going to be winning all the National Player of the Year awards. He's been averaging 21.9 points, 12.8 rebounds, 2.3 blocks per contest. The points and rebounds in the top 10 nationally. Blocks, 17th in the country. And he is the reason why the rebound rate for Purdue is 58.4%. And... Simply rebound rate, the percentage of rebounds that you grab per 100. So if you're if there's 100 rebounds to be had in a game, you grab 51 of them, your rebound rate would be 51%. So that explains it right there. For Purdue, having that 58.4% rebound rate, no other team in all of college basketball at 56.5% or greater. They are absolutely dominating on the glass. Now, Cliff Amarui on the flip side for Rutgers. Gives you 14 points, 10 boards, two blocks per contest. He's not going to get completely decimated down low, but it's also a Rutgers team that they don't shoot it well from three. It's also a range spot as well. Rutgers, they shoot overall 31.9% from three-point range. That is about 295th in the country. They shot the last time they played against Purdue, 6 of 14 from three-point range in a true road environment. I do not foresee that happening again. That was a Rutgers win by a count of 65 to 64. And with this Rutgers team as well, they are having to go up against a Purdue team that has done a good job of guarding the three-point arc. For Purdue, they are allowing opponents to shoot 30.5% from three-point range in games that are played away from home. That is a top 25 mark in all of college basketball, with Zach Eady being able to lead the way down low, with Muat Mag being out of the fold. I do think that's a rough circumstance for a Rutgers team that does have a good backcourt. They are one of the best teams at being able to generate seals in all of college basketball, as 
You got Cam Spencer who's able to give you 12.5 points per game. He, along Kale McConnell, combined for 4.8 steals per game. And Spencer shoots right around 40% from three-point range. Don't think it's going to be enough in this circumstance. Set Purdue as a nine-point favorite. That is going to be the write-up. Rutgers has not been able to throw the ball in the basket to save their lives without Muat Mag. I don't think that that turns around here, especially against a Purdue team that is in the top three nationally in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Purdue Boilermakers as well. We've got lots of interesting games, by the way, that are going to be going down for this college basketball Friday. How about if we go to the American? 825, 826 on the betting board. Always have to support the American as Memphis, they're going to be playing in Central Florida. This is going to be from Fort Worth, Texas, as Memphis finds themselves as a four to a four and a half point favorite. And your total is anywhere between 143 and 143.5. And, and with Memphis, I did set them as a favorite of just three points. Central Florida has been able to play some really good defense when they've been away from home. Central Florida overall, right around the neighborhood, about 45th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. When they're away from home, they're sixth in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They give up 94.7 points per 100 possessions at home, 93.1 points per 100 possessions when they're in a roadside shoot record environment. And typically with Memphis, you know that they're going to be playing fast under Penny Hardaway, but typically they play the 40 minutes of HE double hockey six style where they do a really good job of defending you. That hasn't been the case this year. They're 70th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They've got one guy that gives you north of four and a half rebounds per game, and that'd be DeAndre Williams. Good versatility. 17.7 boards, six foot nine. He shoots in the nine thirties from three point range, and no doubt about it, they're going to have the best facilitator out there in this game, as they've really been able to have Kendrick Davis do a nice job of reining it in. 21 and a half points, five and a half assists. Memphis has been much better with their offense this season, and they certainly have cranked up the tempo. They're in the top 20 nationally in terms of total possessions per game. Central Florida, they're more around 200th in the country in terms of total possessions per game, but I do think that the defense is going to reign supreme, and last time these two teams played, neither team got to 65 points. I do think that you're going to see the offense be a little bit more warm in this spot, but keep in mind that Central Florida, a lot of their lesser defensive efforts that they had more in the month of January. That was with Darius Johnson out of the fold. He's missed nine or ten games this season. He's been able to generate for the team two seals per contest. He gives you about ten or so points per game. And then you've got C.J. Kelly, month Ithio Horton. These two guys are combining for 25 points per game for Central Florida. They both shoot in the mid-30s from three-point range. Central Florida, not a great rebounding team themselves, but six foot nine Taylor Hendricks should be able to keep them lively in this game. He gives you 15 points, seven boards. He's able to bury some threes. Gives you a block, a steal. He does it all for the team. Central Florida, the big bugaboo that they've got to avoid, turnovers. They turn the ball over about 13 times per game. Memphis turns the ball over right around 13 to 14 times per game as well. So I do think that this is going to be a sloppier, yuckier game. Set my total at 143. Certainly, I think that both teams get fast 65 in this spot, but one that I've under, Central Florida has been really good with their defense away from home. I am going to be willing to take the points with them as a result. How about if we hit this game as well as... We've got some Pac-12 action to take a look at. 857, 858 on the betting board. It is going to be UCLA facing off against Oregon. Oregon finds themselves as an underdog of six points, and your total is anywhere between 134.5 and 135. Before you place a bet on this game, you probably want to be checking in on the status of Infali Dante. Infali Dante is the main big man of Oregon and really the only guy that entered into the day for Oregon who's been able to give you north of who's been able to give you north of five and a half rebounds per game. He was off the floor. He 
does look like from the post-game video that I was seeing, he wasn't walking too bad, but that is something that you do want to be taking note of. I'm handicapping as if Enfali Dante is going to be in the fold, and with Enfali Dante in the fold, I did set UCLA as a seven-point favorite. I'm going to be one late. I recognize that the Jalen Clark injury is big, but UCLA still doing a rock-solid job with their defense. Very fortunate to get the cover against Colorado, but I do think that they're going to be able to get it done against an Oregon team that is very desperate to get this win, and that leads into the pro tip that we've got for the Greg Peterson experience. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You're able to sort all these pro tips by sport and by show, and with teams that are in must-win scenarios, I talked about this in the first hour. Guess what that means? They're probably not very good. There's lots of handicapping angles that you should be taking. The oh, this team needs win to be able to get in the NCAA tournament narrative. That is not one because guess what? The guys on the other side, they're probably looking to get a win as well. They've got everything in the world to play for. So do not use the must-win narrative in your handicapping. Always take into account the fact that follow the money is on VEASAN, though. Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, they come your way 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on VEASAN, the Esports Bay Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 